0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Christina Kiriazzi. Christina is the vice president of marketing at Ecos. Christina is a data nerd turned marketer. She has a deep passion for data driven marketing that puts the customer at the forefront of every decision. Christina is driven by seeing her work actually produce results. She is obsessed with analyzing results. Christina believes that she represents the voice of customer at every business meeting and passionately fights for what is best for the customer. Christina, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. Thank you, Brandy. So good to be here. Yes, I am excited to have you and to talk about voice of customer, but before we jump into that, I like to break the ice with a little woo-saw moment I call buzzword banishment. So, Christina, tell me, what buzzword would you like to banish forever? <laughs> this is such a hard exercise because there's so many. But if <laughs> There I are.
1: If I had to pick uh, one or I guess a string of buzzwords all at the same time, it would be uh, low lift effort. And uh, especially that applies to when folks just assume that something may be a low lift effort on the marketing side or even other teams. It just it's a pet peeve of mine that you should never assume something uh, because you just don't know that person's world. Uh, So I would love to banish that and just uh, come with more open mind of what it takes for things to get done and just let the experts tell you that.
0: I mean, you mean everything in marketing isn't a low lift effort? I mean, you can just, you know, whip it right up as every other department seems to think that we do. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I do agree. A lot of times something is perceived as a low lift and it really is. Uh, almost out of ignorance because they don't totally understand what goes into getting things done, uh, especially in marketing. So (laughs) we will put that one in the box, at least for this discussion, and we will not be talking about any low lift efforts. Um, So now that we've gotten that off our chest, tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab today? Yeah.
1: So as you said in your intro, I am extremely passionate about the voice of the customer. I actually started my career in analytics, especially in market research and studying the voice of the customer. And uh, thinking back at it, I was just so naive entering that world of marketing in the beginning. I just had no idea what it was. But as I grew into it and then I grew into a marketing leadership position, which encompasses a lot more than that. Um, I actually have come to an extreme appreciation of what the voice of the customer is and how powerful it is um, and how central it needs to be, not just to marketing, but to every part of the business. Um, It really is overwhelming sometimes when you think about it of how powerful that is. So that is what brings me here today. I'm really passionate talking about the voice of the customer. Um, So I was hoping I could share some of the best practices that I found and learnings that I've had throughout my career.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that is so important that most organizations have not really figured out how to, you know, use another buzzword, crack the nut, um, and actually solve for that. And In preparation for our discussion, I was doing a little reading, you know, understand what uh, the industry is talking about, voice of customer. And I found an article uh, written, uh, I think it was about six months ago, by Deloitte or where Deloitte was quoted. And one of the things that they said was that the head of marketing's number one priority should be understanding, uh, customer understanding and insight generation, that Uh, the CMO has to spot trends and be that sort of pulse to the ground in terms of how the entire business needs to pivot. And that statement was, you know, it was a hefty statement because if you think about all the things uh, that sit on the plate of the head of marketing, you know, voice of customer can be perceived as just one of them. So I'd like to get your reaction to, that statement and, you know, the importance of where that fits in the priority list? I think that couldn't be any more true. Um, I don't see it
1: as a priority. I see it more as a foundation. Um, So it's not something that you will do or not do. Um, You can't build a house without a foundation. So Um, You kind of have to start to make sure you set the right foundation and you always keep reinforcing it and building it, Um, especially if you're in a company that keeps growing, right? Because your your landscape continuously changes. Uh, We know in SaaS, it's a very competitive model. Um, So I can't imagine not having the customer at the forefront and doing any kind of marketing strategy or really business strategy. Um, So that's the way I think about it. Everything should start with the customer, with the market insights, understanding what is happening and you should be adjusting and building your
0: strategy based on that. Okay. So let's jump in and talk about this tactically. Um, the other, like the end part of that paragraph that I quoted stated that whoever's run in marketing needs to be interacting with customers daily. And, you know, thinking about like in my role, I do. Um, and, It is more so for me personally, because we are a smaller company, I wear multiple hats and one of those hats is naturally client facing. So I almost have a little bit of a cheat in that a part of, you know, two of my hats is interacting with the customer. But as I think about larger companies and, you know, all of the different um, plates and all the different, or should I say all different hats? that the head of marketing has to wear, is it realistic to touch or interact with the customer on a daily basis?
1: I think it definitely is. And there's different ways to interact with a customer. Um, so I think it depends on your level of definition. Um, so I think a lot of people just go straight into, oh my God, I gotta block out you know, two hours of my day every day and pick up the phone and call a customer or go physically be with a customer. Um, and that does not have to be it. There are many different ways that you can do it. Um, And it also depends on where you are on your life cycle with the company um, or even with your career. So for example, when I first start a new role, I always do what I call a 30 on 30. I like to talk to 30 customers in my first 30 days, because honestly, there's no better um, avenue of learning than talking directly to a customer. They will tell you the truth. They will tell you things that people internally may not tell you or may not be aware of. Um, And they also expose um, many different facets of things outside of what your organization may be looking at, right? So if you um, are a certain type of business that is offering a certain service or software, um, usually the folks, like if you talk to the salespeople, they usually tell you about that very narrow, specific insight that are hearing from the customer. But when you talk to the customer, they might step back and they may tell you, well, yeah, this part of the business is blah, blah, blah. But actually, when you think about the overall landscape, we are having these issues. Um, and that might actually help you uncover additional insights. So again, when I first start a job, I always like to do the 30 on 30, to make sure I talk to as many customers directly as possible. And that is a heavy lift. I won't lie. Um, but that is your opportunity when you start a new job to actually have that you know time to take and actually learn fast. Um, once you get into the groove of things, I think it... It can take many different you know, lives of what that means. Um, there are many different technologies out there. Like You can go and uh, listen to a 30-minute you know, conversation that a sales rep has had um, each day. Um, there are recordings usually out there and many tools that offer that if your sales team has it. Um, if they don't, you should be having a conversation with your VP of sales or head of sales about implementing something like that. Um, or the other thing you could be doing is um, looking at, you know, if you set up customer surveys or any other customer feedback, your support uh, team can also be a great um, feed into this. But just reading what the customers are saying, reading, uh, you know, surveys um, or what the support calls are saying, that can be a great way to make sure you're keeping up with what's happening. Um, If you are a more complex organization and you have dedicated people, I always, you know, I'm a big um, advocate for building out insights and analytics within marketing. Um, So I've actually started to build that out within my product marketing group. Um, And we have a market intelligence channel internally where we post things as we see them. So it doesn't just have to be marketing bringing the insights, uh, but marketing has helped facilitate bringing the insights to the business. And whenever someone hears something or they get feedback from customers, they post it in that channel and everyone can see it. And marketing doesn't even have to be, you know, in the middle of all that. It's all kind of democratized
0: and open to everyone. And I think you hit on something really key in trying to really be effective at capturing the voice of customer, you've got to have those, you know, different mechanisms. And uh, I won't say low lift, but we have to have those things that are uh, more coming to you, um, you know, that you have access to, in addition to those things that do take a little bit more of a time commitment um, on both your part and the customer's part. And so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about what do we do with this information? Uh, Because one of the other quotes that I read, it talked about that the data gives us the what. Like data tells us what is happening, that is information, but the why and understanding why it's happening is the insight. And so when we are able to look at analytics, look at the data, and also have these interactions, as we are absorbing what we're hearing, what are your recommendations for disseminating that information throughout the business? Because it's one thing for us to leverage that to better market, but you know, product or whoever develops what you sell has got to be able to speak to the customer. Sales has got to be able to speak to those same things you know, customer success, service, you know, depending on the business model, there's so many different people that need to be leveraging that information. You know, what are your recommendations? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think you hit
1: the nail on the head there. Um, And it goes back to the point that I always try to make is democratizing data and insights within the business. Um, And you have to set up processes uh, to do that. So uh, one good way to do it is to actually set up uh, what I call a customer insights hour that is a regular um, internal pull-up that marketing can help drive, but also other folks from across the business can help provide um, insights into. Um, And it's sort of like a dedicated time to talk about customer insights, the latest and greatest that we're seeing from um, the market, um, as well as directly from our customers across the business. So anyone is invited to join Um, You may pre-pick a topic, maybe marketing did a market research project that they want to present out all the research to everyone, or maybe, you know, customer success has heard a bunch of insights from all their calls, et cetera. It's sort of a predetermined time for everyone to come to and listen to customer insights. Um, The other thing I like to do is if your company has regular town halls or company meetings, whether it's on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, always, always reserve a time to talk about that stuff. So to bring insights uh, that you've learned from the past quarter or past month uh, into that um, and actually explain the why and how it ties into your business strategy, ideally your leadership team has digested that stuff and they've actually you know, turned it into business strategy so you can more clearly show your employees of how you heard something in the market or something changed in the market, your customers told you something and then you reacted to it and you built a strategy around it
0: and you turn it into wow. something valuable for the business. Exactly. No, I I really like that because, you know, with any sort of data, whether it's actual, you know, numerical data, whether it is just the insights that you're gleaning from talking to customers in these various interactions, it's always difficult to figure out what do we do with that and how do we get that out? Um, and I do really like the variety of creating dedicated space to dig into those things In addition to leveraging things that people are already paying attention to, like an all hands or a a town hall meeting. Um, Because, yeah, those, you know, when those things just live in marketing, which I've seen happen before, it's like, you know, CMO is all in on talking to customers and, and, you know, gathering information. And then it all just lives there. And it's like it makes the marketing team better, which is great. Uh, but, you know, it's only going to move the the needle so far. Um, so thinking about the opposite of that's what it looks like when you do this well. Um, if, you know, a CMO is struggling to make time to gain traction, you know, to really glean insights, what do you potentially lose? What's the risk to the business when you don't have your finger on the pulse when it comes to customers?
1: not to be an alarmist, but you could potentially use, lose your entire business. Um, I think there's plenty of examples out there of how many companies um, just didn't keep up with the trends. They didn't keep up with their customers and the market changed so much around them that they their entire business became irrelevant. Um, and that is a scary place to be, especially at the pace that the world is moving these days. Um, it can't be that you can, oh, I'll Push it off another quarter i'll push it off another six months because think about what the world was like six months ago and what it's like today (laughs) completely different um so if you're not keeping up with the world i'm not even sure how you make sure your business is is growing and remaining relevant um unless you're in some ideal scenario you where you have complete monopoly and complete rights to any you know ip or anything like that but that is very rare most of us are in a very competitive environment um so i would say especially these days You can't push it off. It can't be something that happens in the future um, in some theoretical world. It has to happen even, you know, even if it's slowly and a little bit at a time today, right now.
0: Yeah, no. And I think probably the most common example of an organization, you know, failing to listen to its customers is going to be Blockbuster. You look at Blockbuster versus Netflix and, you know, Netflix started off as those DVDs in the mail, you know, competing directly with Blockbuster. One is thriving, um, you know, especially in the the height of the pandemic. The other, you know, is more of a thing that ends up in museums. Um, yes. And I think my opposite example of a company that did this really well is Bear. Um, you know, early on, Bear struggled to compete, um, you know, in the aspirin. Uh, business, and they had that low dose aspirin. And all of a sudden, they were hearing that this was great for heart patients. Um, And so they slapped a new label on the exact same product. um, And now they are the go to when it comes to those that need, you know, aspirin in the low doses when they've got heart conditions. Um, And that is purely coming from voice of customer in that The people who preferred bear were those that need that lower dose and something as simple as changing a label, putting that little red heart on the label, you know, all marketing there um, has completely transformed, uh, you know, their place in the market. So, you know, and there's there's tons of of these examples of people who have done it well and have thrived because it and those that have perished, um, you know, Blackberry is another one. I mean, you think about it, you know, they had... The you know corporate cell service like cornered for the longest. That was you know I can remember getting my first BlackBerry. It was the little one that looked like a big lump of clay. Like I you know felt I had made it in my career when I you know got the the company issued BlackBerry. And now I mean, can you imagine walking around with a BlackBerry? Uh, it's like oh, embarrassing. Almost, yeah, it's like having a, a bag phone. Uh, Almost as bad. It's uh, totally retro. Um, So, yeah, there are there are definitely the positives and, you know, the positives that you get. Um, The other thing that I was looking at is talking about trend spotting, um, which I think is what you're referring to in hearing from the customers around what the trends are. Um, and I think for me, even in my day-to-day action, uh, interactions with clients, being able to put some of those, you know, some of the things that you're hearing together um, can be difficult. You know, think about how many interactions where someone for bear, someone had to catch that that customer said, I've got a heart condition and, You know, it's not necessarily a question you could ask in a survey because it's health data, but, you know, it's like someone has to put those pieces together and those connections are not always obvious. And and so any ideas or thoughts in how you really think through and bubble up? Like, what are those trends? What are, you know, where do you need to hit the bell and say, we've got to pay attention to this thing? I wish it was very easy,
1: and I wish I had a clear solution, um, but it's a little bit of that magic that comes through with you know, human behavior of observing a pattern, and then at some point it clicks that there's something there. Um, I would say one of the shortcuts that you could take is to make sure that you have a dedicated uh, team member or teams looking at the market data um, and actually having it be their job to extract those insights and then connect the dots to actually turn them into the right insights that you need. Um, so it's one thing to have, you know, a stream of data coming through or insights coming through your business. It's another thing to actually connect all those dots and make a strategy out of it, which technically is what a strong leadership team should be doing, right? If you're, your executive leader should be the ones connecting those dots, but there should be, you know, ideally a process or, you know, dedicated folks that are thinking through this and hopefully identifying these trends and turning them into uh, a business strategy.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I do agree. It's like, it's always hard to articulate how to think through something. Um, because you know, especially when it's something that comes more naturally, uh, so thinking about those where this does not come naturally, uh, you think about head of marketing. There's a lot of paths uh, to marketing leadership, and you know I think if you were to compare, you know, five VPs of marketing or CMOs, you're going to see a trajectory that looks very different from one to another. Um, and, which means we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and so if really getting connected with the customer, prioritizing voice of customer you know hearing and being able to communicate those insights if that kind of thing just doesn't really come natural to you any recommendations on how to grow your skill set and to improve there
1: yeah i'd like to s- specify something i don't think um that the cmo or vp of marketing needs to have that skill set and do it themselves. Um, I think the power comes through knowing what you're good at and not good at, and then hiring the right people around you that have those skill sets and can get it done. Um, and then it's your job to listen and actually do something with the things that your people are telling you. Um, so it, it goes both ways. For example, yeah, I'm really strong in the analytics and you know market insights sort of world, but maybe I'm not as strong on the creative side. So I always like to hire very creative people around me to make sure that I, you know, compliment for that. So it kind of goes both ways, I would say, if you don't have that strength in yourself, it is totally okay, make sure you build your team around you that in a way that they can provide those insights into the business, and it does not always have to be the CMO that sits there and does the research or you know talks to every single customer every single time. It can be that the CMO is facilitating a process or a team, a team or a team member that is bringing those insights into the business. Um, and I think that actually builds a great team environment because then you're kind of almost raising the next generation of CMOs under you uh, to help them get into that seat eventually and grow into a leadership role.
0: Yeah, I love that. You uh, lean on your strengths, hire for your weaknesses, um, Mm -hmm. and that way you've got a complete team. Um, So I would say that talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing changes. So um, in traditional therapy, the therapist will give the client homework. But here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and we want to ask you to give us some homework. So um, our listeners are running marketing departments all over. um, And so help to summarize for us your key takeaways around voice of customer and give us that one thing. What action item would you like each of the Revenue Rehab listeners to take? Yeah,
1: I would say the one key thing is to start and to start now. Um, Don't get into analysis paralysis and try to overcomplicate a process or overthink things. Um, Whether it's picking up the phone and talking to one customer, if it's one customer a week, one customer a month, whatever it is, pick up the phone and do it or take action and actually do it. Um, Then think about how that thing evolves into something bigger. Um, so, again, Rome wasn't built in one day, right? You start small. So always um, don't let things overwhelm you. Always start small and build up on that um, and learn from that process rather than trying to boil the ocean right from the beginning, uh, which can actually get you into complete you know, paralysis mode and then you end up not doing anything. Um, So I talked to a lot of people that are like, oh, my God, I need to first set up a whole research department, hire 10 people, and then I need to have the right counterparts in the other teams. And then we can start bringing insights into the business. I'm like, no, how about you just pull up a customer list? Talk to your CEO and ask you know, her, what are the top 10 customers you would want me to talk to and go pick up the phone and actually call them. <laughs> so start small uh, is my key takeaway and then build on top of that. Don't try to boil the ocean all from the beginning.
0: Okay, and what's that one thing? What's our first action item? What are we all going to walk away and do from here?
1: Talk to one customer in the next week. You'd be surprised. Okay. Even if you talk to someone today, go ahead and pick up the phone, pick a random customer, and go talk to them, you will be surprised.
0: (laughs) I love it. Um, So for everyone listening, our action item coming out of our conversation with Christina is to pull up that client list. You can close your eyes and point however you choose to make that decision, but pick just one um, and see what you can learn from that. Um, I, I think that's the perfect action item and should be doable for everyone. Uh, Well, Christina, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Brandy. Awesome. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I hope that you have enjoyed my conversation with Christina. I can't believe we're at the end already. I will see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.